sons and daughters thriving in the kingdom of God. Welcome back, y'all. We're starting this year off right. We're receiving the word. We're getting the word. We're believing in the word. We're trusting in the word. Huh? We're knowing that God has given us his word, meaning he's given us his promises. But with the promises, this is what I want to talk about tonight. With the promises, there come situations, there come trials, there come temptations, there comes persecution, there come things that will literally almost make us stumble and fall. But yet and still the grace of God is there for us there for us to get up and begin to move again in the things of God, not to stay down, but to begin and move again. We got to remember that we got to remember in the falling, get up in the mishaps, get up. Don't stay down. Don't allow the enemy to uh, uh, make you think that you fail, to make you think that you cannot walk this walk and live this life. This life that we now live is a lifestyle. And God has given us his grace. He's given us his ability. He's given us his authority that we might begin to thrive in the things of God. We got to push past. We got to get there. We got to push past this flesh. This flesh is not to use us, but we're to use it. Amen. And not only that, this year, come on, every year we make New Year resolutions. We begin to seek God in different ways and different fashions. And we've heard a lot of words for this year and what this year mean, what this year is all about. But I promise you, there's personal there's a personal relationship going on between you and the Lord. So most definitely he's given you a word. He's made you a promise, which he's made us all promises because his word is is nothing but the promises it's his word and he didn't just make us these promises this year he's literally gave us his spirit within his spirit is the promises of God so at any moment at any time anything can happen when it comes to our Lord when it comes to our Savior come on that's the part I love the most God is not holding anything back from us but he's wanting us to receive all all that he's spoken, all that he's said, all that he's promised. He's wanting us to receive it. But it's in the relationship. It's in the lifestyle. It's in the changing of who we was to who God wants us to be. And us allowing this change to take place. And as this change takes place, we become more dependent. We, uh, we rely on him more. We know that without God, we can do nothing. You know, we start moving into that place of humility where we begin to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We begin to release our will into the things of God. Come on, this year we want to start off fresh because we want to see the glory. We want to walk this thing out and we want to see what happens when you walk the word of God out. When you believe the promises of God, don't you want to see what happens when you stay focused, when you stay uh, attached to God, where, you know, at any moment, 
any moment anything can happen and not only that but when he's asked you to do things you know he's asked us to to minister he's asked us to pray he's asked us to stand in the gap and hear the word of the lord and and pray for our brothers and sisters he's asked us to do certain things and when we begin to do the will of god and the word of god god takes care of those things that concern us you know and that's why the word says cast your cares upon him for he cares for you and see when we cast our cares upon him. He literally cast his cares upon us, but he says, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. So the things that God even asks us and desires of us, he's graced us with the ability to do it. God is never going to ask us to do a thing and not grace us with the ability to do it and get it done. It's all about us staying in the will of God, staying in the will of God that we might see where we are. Come on. I've received the Lord as my personal savior. I love him. He loves me. We entertain each other daily. Come on. We practice the presence of the Lord. We entertain him. You can't see him, but your faith knows it. Your faith knows that he's there. Your faith knows it. And that's the part where we got to get caught up in that. We got to get caught up in it because there is going to be some things that we cannot change. But in the relationship, in the place of knowing God, it helps you go through. I'm, I'm serious. I think we're, we're wanting God to be this uh, uh, magician to change everything for us, to move everything for us. It's going to be some things that we're going to have to walk through. That's why I said the Lord has given us words. He's given us promises. And each year we, we want to hear what the Lord is saying, but he's saying what he's always said. His word is not going to change. He's saying what he's always said. So there's no such thing to me as a word for this year because God's word is the same yesterday today and forevermore he's spoken his word and he's still speaking his word come on let us not get caught up in times and seasons but let us know that God is willing to do what he said he was going to do even within his promises his promises are fulfilled in Jesus he's asked us to only believe he says only believe And in the believing, it takes time. Sometimes, you know, when it comes to getting to know a person and getting to really believe in a person and believe in what they're able to do, it takes time in you getting to know them. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom, God's domain, God's way of doing things. Seek him first. Seek him first, because in the seeking of him, you get to know him. You get to understand uh, the relationship. You get to understand how awesome and mighty and powerful is he and why we should humble ourselves, why we should humble and yield ourselves unto God, because he knows all things. He knows all things. And when we allow him to be God in our lives, when we allow him to be Lord in our lives, come on, he reveals secrets to us. He shares with us. And that's what we want to do. At all times, we want to yield to the knowing of God. We want to yield to the life of God. We want to yield to this because there's things going on around us that we can't put our hands on. You can't stop it. You can't move it. Come on now. It's there. 
But the closer you get to the Father, the closer you get to God, the more you see that God is a healer. You, the more you begin to trust in him, the more you see that God is a deliverer, the, the more you begin to seek him. And not only seek him for what's in his hand, but seek him to know him. You know, it's in the knowing of God that things begin to change in your life. It's in the knowing of God that the enemy himself knows you. It's in us knowing God that the enemy knows us. So let us begin to seek after those things. Seek after the greater part of God that literally when trouble comes, it identifies us as being the children of God. And not only that, but we speak like the children of God. We speak like those children. Ah, that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. But God has literally given us words to speak, to speak. Hallelujah. As children of the most high God. But the Lord, he also tells us to wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. And then he says, again, I say, wait. So there is a waiting. There is a time of preparation. There is a time where God is literally uh, purifying us. There is a time where God is literally building us up. He's building our faith up. And how is our faith built? Through experiences. We're getting to know how he responds and how we respond. Come, I'm telling you, this is a relationship where you get to know the very sound of your Lord. You get to know him. And then you begin to believe in him and not only believe in him, just believing in him, but believing in every circumstance in your life that God is in it. Come on. He may have not caused it, but he's in it. He's right there. He's right there to turn it around at any moment. So while we're in that place, come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk about this thing. How did this get here, Lord? How did this come about? Is it a training ground for me? Is it something that I need to know? Is it something that I need to get rid of? Before we start complaining, before we get lost in what we're going through, seek God, seek him concerning this situation. The Lord will speak to our hearts and in him speaking to our hearts, come on, he knows how to talk to us. He knows how to talk to us where we're able to understand. We're able to understand. And then we don't fear. And then we don't worry. But we're trusting in God. If This year we got to get to the place where we trust in God. Not in a place of where, you know, I'm trying to get there, but we got to be there. Come on, if we're going to receive the things of God, we're going to have to take it. And we're going to have to take it by faith. We're going to have to take it by faith. That means grab it. Even though it's not physically in your hands, grab all that God has spoken and begin to prepare. Begin to allow God to prepare you for this place. But if we want to get it in our hands, we want to see it, and you're not prepared to hold on to it, it's not going to stay there long or you're not even going to be able to abide there. Because I just believe with every level that God takes us to, there's some exercising that we got to do to be able to handle the weight of where we are. 
The enemy don't want you to be in a good spot. He don't want you to be in that reigning spot that God has told us about. He don't want you to be in that reigning spot because when you begin to rule and reign, that means that he has to set down somewhere. He has to go on for a season. And we have to know that the season, the time is now. The harvest is great. We got to begin to get the word of God rich in our hearts that we're able to expound on the word of God, that the ears of the people and the hearts of man might hear and receive and believe. But if we're still struggling, if we're still complaining, where's God getting the glory at? Where's the glory? You see, so we allow we allow God to talk to us in situations. Don't always get so angry and upset about a place where you stand. But make that a time to talk to the Lord and listen and listen to the things that he says. But, you know, the Lord was sharing it with me. He says, back away, back away from complaining, back away from complaining. Complaining keeps us in a place too long. If we wouldn't spend so much time talking about the situation, the situation wouldn't blow up so bad, but we get caught up in the situation to the point we start rehearsing it. We start rehearsing that situation over and over and over and over again. But if you're going to rehearse anything, you want to rehearse the goodness of God. You want to rehearse God's greatness and how powerful he is. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. Come on. There's none above him. There's none beneath him. He's God. And even when situations come up, if we do anything, we're casting them down. We're capturing them first. Come on. Capture those thoughts. Capture them. Look at them. Look at those thoughts. Look at the place that you're in. Don't complain about the place you're in because guess what? You are allowed to be there. You're there. So apparently you were allowed to be there. So now that I'm here, was it something that I did? Come on, let's let's just talk. Let's talk to the Lord and not complain. Because God has already gave us such great and precious promises. But yet it's still within those promises. There's some training grounds that's going to come about. There's some training grounds. And even then, I think about the, the children in the wilderness over in Exodus 14 chapter. When, when, they, when God rescued them, when God delivered them out of Egypt, that was a great day. Not only did they go out, but they went out wealthy. They went out rich. God led them out with a strong hand. Come on now. He led them out with a strong hand. I believe, look, not only did the, the Israelites come out, but more of them came out as well. More people followed them. It was, I'm pretty sure it was just a day of celebrations. All that God had promised, it was being done. All that God has said, we're seeing it right now. And as they begin to walk in the promise of God, as they begin to go forth in the promise of God, what? Here come Pharaoh. Here come Pharaoh coming up behind him, getting ready to attack him. But yet and still, they lost focus on the fact that they were walking in the promise of God and literally fell back into the place as, Lord, help me. 
How can you be in the promise of God? How can you be in the blessings of God, but yet and still fall back as if you need to be saved? God said, I've already saved you. I've already delivered you. So walk in your deliverance, walk in your salvation. It's just because trouble comes don't mean you need to fall back within the trouble. Know what the promises of God said and continue to say those promises, even in that place of affliction, even in that place of torment, even in that place, seeming as if you're being rejected. Remember, remember the promises of God. And the greatest part, if we could keep our minds focused, we have the speaking of God and the life of God on the inside of us. Holy Spirit. We have God's spirit. That's the promise right there that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If I brought you to this place, if I brought you to this moment, I'm going to take you through this moment. We got to get focused in that and just know that God loves me and he's going to bring me through. And we can't complain because in the complaining, you're making room for more things to be created. We find ourselves saying, I don't know. I don't know if the Lord going to really do what he said. It don't seem like that. We, we'll start creating more things. Because as soon as you start saying, I don't know if he going to do it. it. I'm still here. Words. Your words. Be wise with how you use your words. Because I've heard God going to manifest this. I heard God going to do that. I ain't seen nothing yet. Wow. Come on. Let us be careful in what we say. God is faithful. God is good. And I'm that's just not a cliche. God is good and he is faithful. It's us. It's us that's not faithful with our words. If we believe what God has spoken, take it. And take it by faith and allow that word to be established. Come on. Whatever God say, you say, allow that word to be established in you. And as that word, when we say, amen, that's we're coming into agreement with that word. And as that word begins to, to come in, it begins to establish itself in us. And as it establishes itself, our faith begins to grow more. And then God begins to give us more, but we got to stay away from that place of complaining. Stay away from that place of complaining. And I'm, I'm even thinking about David. I'm thinking about some of the hard places that God has allowed, um, has allowed us to get into, but in the getting into is getting to know him. You know, if, if we can just get excited like that and, and, and allow the joy of the Lord to come in. I mean, the enemy wants us to be fearful. He wants us to be scared. He, he wants us to, to lose our trust, lose our focus. He wants us to do that. But we got to get to the point where when, when trouble comes, we got to laugh. We got to laugh, even as hard as it is. And, and the reason we're laughing is because I got God with me. I got his word. I got his promises with me. So in this place, he's with me. He's with me. And that's the, it's not always easy to stay focused, especially when the enemy comes in and come in so aggressive because a lot of times we got to pray for that, that, that does that gift of discerning. We got to pray for that discerning spirit. You got the Holy ghost right there. He will open your eyes. He will show you truth, but it's all about, will we believe the word? Cause sometimes there's some things that we just won't. And the Holy spirit will tell us, Hey, look here, 
that ain't good. You better back away. Don't go there. Oh, but yes, it is. He, he loved me. He want to be with me. This is something special. I know it's going to work out for me. See, we insist. We insist on going into a place. We insist on believing what we want to believe because we haven't allowed God to get in there and knit it in that we trust that he knows what's best for me. So we get to the point where we want to, uh, you know, kind of go back and forth with the Lord. You know, but, but Lord, but Lord, you know, you, you want to go back and forth when he's trying to really help you. But then when we decide for ourselves and we go ahead and walk on into something that we believe that it's going to be so good. But then when we get in there, oh my God, the complaining begins. The complaining begins. Come on. God has tried to help us in so many ways that keeps us out of those places. But you know what? Thanks be to God that what the enemy meant for bad, God will use it and turn it. He will use that same mess and literally cause greatness to come about in your life. You just got to trust him. You got to trust him. But I was talking about David's uh, first Samuel 30 and it talks about um, when David's wives are captured. David going out, won a great battle. Things were great. And, and you know, it was great, won the battle and then he comes back. And literally, they done literally come in and destroyed his place. They done took his wives, they done took his daughters. They done took everything, they done took his stuff. Come on now. They took all his boy, boy stuff. From He done went from a day of victory to home, back home to, oh my God. But David, it says in 1 Samuel 30 and 8, David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, David, come on now, come on. Shall I pursue? David could have complained because they was. They wanted to get David. They wanted to hurt him, boy. They wanted to hurt him. But David began to seek the Lord concerning this situation. You know, he could have lost his mind. He could have just jumped out there and went off, you know, but at the same time, David was a man of war, but yet and still David was a man after God's heart where he began to seek the Lord concerning situations. I'm not going in this battle and just think about it. They done took that boy's stuff, his wife, his children. The first thing we do, we want to act. We want to act up. But David 1 Samuel 30 and 8, David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. You see, when you, when trouble comes and you spend that time talking to the Lord, you spend that time going before the Lord without jumping, without reacting, but literally going before the Lord to find out what is this? What's going on? What did I do? What's this? You know, when you, you got to go before the Lord before you jump to do anything, go before the Lord. And I pray I pray tonight that we're not so quick tempered. I pray tonight that we're not so 
unforgiving that we just begin to treat everybody the same way of where we were treated bad. We treat everybody else bad, but we're going to hear God concerning situations. God is a deliverer. He will free the mind. He wants to free our minds. He don't want us to walk in, in the hurt and the pain and the guilt and the shame. He don't want us to walk in that. He wants us to be free in him. He wants us to be free. That's why he gave us his spirit. But he told David, David took the time. David took the time to encourage himself in the Lord. Mm. He encouraged himself. You see, when you get in these hard places, you got to be willing to spend that time in worship. You got to begin to spend that time in praise, knowing that God is with you. And in that place of worship, in that place of praise, come on, present your case to the Lord. Present your case to the Lord. Don't go demanding. Lord, what you going to do about this? Lord, you see this going on in my life. Lord, you know what's going on in my life. Look at it. Mm-mm. No. God is a holy God. He's a holy God. And when we go before him, we go before him knowing what he's able to do, knowing what he will do. But at the same time, giving God the right to talk, giving God the right to say something that you may not want to hear. Give God freedom of speech in your life. Give God freedom of speech in your life where he can speak to you and he can tell you yes. And everybody say the promises of God are yes and am. amen. And it surely is. But there's going to be some moments that we're not even talking about the promises of God. We're just wanting God to do what we want him to do. And believe you me, that is not no yes and amen unless it is the word of God. But a lot of times we take our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own wants. We take those before the Lord. And he says our heart is deceitful and wicked. Come on now. Some of the stuff we think to do. Some of the things we want to do because somebody done got on my last nerve. God is like, no, no, we're not doing that. No. But you got to be willing to allow God to say, no, not this time. No, we're not going to do this. Give God freedom of speech. And stop complaining and let God be God in your life. Let God be God. Even when we think about Jesus, even after confirming him, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. What did he do with him after then? You go from uh, Luke 3, 22, and then you jump right into Luke 4. Now the, the Holy Spirit led him in the wilderness. But in the wilderness, Jesus used the word. In the wilderness, in that hard place, Jesus used the word. You see, God has given us his word. God has given us his promises that you can literally walk in that freedom, walk in that joy. Ah, walk in that joy, knowing that God is faithful. I don't have to complain. I'm not giving the enemy no more room in my life by complaining. But I'm going to get to a place of praising Get into that place of praising in spite of and watch God turn it around. Amen. So we want to make sure we stop complaining. We don't want to complain about nothing, but we want to get in the place of believing. 
believing all that God has said. I'm telling you, for every situation in your life and everything going on in your life, God has given you a promise for it. But if I leave you with anything tonight, stop complaining and give God freedom to speak. Stop complaining and give God freedom to speak into your life. This year, we want to walk in him. We want to walk in the newness of life. We want to walk. We want to not only thrive in this thing, but we're going to be, huh? We're going to be taking off. <laughs> we're going to be ruling and we're going to be reigning in this place. We're going to be ruling and we're going to be reigning as priests in this place in him. Amen. Oh my God, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your peace tonight. Your peace that passes all understanding. That peace that guards our heart. That we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. But we trust. Hallelujah. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You be blessed with the word. And allow that word to take place in your heart. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you tonight for another night of getting into your word, getting into your presence, oh God. Uh, looking for understanding, looking for that knowledge, oh God, that we might know this walk, that we might understand how to talk this type of talk, living in the kingdom of God, living in the purposes of God, living your way, oh God, not our way. Father, we just thank you tonight. We just thank you tonight that our hearts are set before you, Father. We desire, we desire to live in your presence. We desire to live your way. Father, you say you will keep us in all of our ways if we acknowledge you, Father. And we are acknowledging you tonight in all of our ways, oh God, that you will direct our path. Father, our ears are open. Our ears are open, open to hear your word and hear your voice behind the word, oh God, that we may hearken unto the word of the Lord meaning that we're wanting to hear your word with the intent to follow, with the intent to do, with the intent of walking with understanding. Father, that not only that we might ourselves might be delivered, but that our brothers and our sisters, oh God, might be delivered as well. Father, give us a word of deliverance. Give us a word of safety. Give us a word of peace. Give us a word of joy, oh God, that we might be able to share this word, that we might be able to share your goodness we just thank you lord father that as we even begin to minister tonight on the broadcast as we even begin to speak that your word will go forth because it is a living word it is a living word it is a saving word it is a healing word and we just thank you tonight that your word is going across this broadcast tonight healing and delivering oh god we just thank you lord because it is your will, it is your plan, oh God, and it is your desire, oh God, to heal your people. It is your desire to give us the joy, give us your joy, oh God. Give us your joy, oh God, oh God that we might begin to see and continue to see your goodness within the joy of your, of your spirit, oh God. Moving into you, oh God, searching, looking, oh God. We're receiving the joy of the Lord. 
We're receiving the joy. Father, I just speak peace to the minds of, uh, of the people tonight that are here. And I speak peace, oh God, that we can be settled within you, settled within your word, settled within you, God, knowing that you got nothing but love for us, knowing that it is your de desire, oh God, to turn things around in our life. It is your desire, oh God, that we might understand this new life, that we might understand this new walk, that we might understand. Father, you have not left us without hope, but you've given us all hope. You've given us your peace, your hope, your joy, oh God, through your spirit. And we just thank you tonight. We thank you tonight for that love. We thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you tonight for your word. Hallelujah. Can we just speak in tonight concerning um, prayer and spiritual warfare in prayer? Praying on the level of God's word. Praying on the level of God's word, knowing that when we begin to pray the word, knowing that when we begin to speak the word, we're praying and we're speaking on the level of that word. We got to begin to know that the life of that word carries power. The life of that word carries joy. The life of that word carries newness. And when we begin to read that word with the mind, knowing that there's life in it, we begin to look for with we begin to look within that word with for with expectations we begin to look within that word with expectation for we know that word carries power that word carries life within it hallelujah 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 prayers for spiritual warfare we need to understand that the battle is not against flesh and blood but against power against powers in the heavenly places when we're understanding that this battle is not a fleshy battle we gotta know where this battle begins so we'll know how to fight we'll know how to do war knowing where the battle begins my god a lot of times we get lost in people we get lost in things we get lost in thoughts thoughts come and a lot of times those same thoughts come to tear us down. Those same thoughts come to, to literally stunt our growth and make us continue to literally concentrate, put our minds on it. But that is not the will and the desire of God. He said, capture every thought. Capture every thought. Come on, we can't walk in fear when we know that we have the Lord on our side. We can't walk in fear no matter what the thought is, no matter what the situation is, we can't walk in the fear of a thought when God has literally given us his power and authority through the Holy Spirit to cast those things down. We have the word of God itself. And because there's life in the word, the life carries power to literally put a word down. Stop that word. But a lot of times we sit and we entertain those negative, negative words. We sit and, and allow them to continue to talk and talk. And, and I mean, sometimes those same thoughts become repetitious to the point where they literally almost tear us down. They literally almost make us lose our hope and lose our faith. But we got to get God's word as being the living word, as being the weapon and the warfare of our lives. We're no longer, oh, we're going to allow the enemy to tear us down. 
but we're going to be ready to come forth with the word of God to literally cast it down. Cast that word down and not allow it to literally pull us down until the level of believing it. We put our hope, we put our faith in the word of God, not in the words of man, not in the thoughts that come by the wind, but we put our faith in God. We got to expect revelation knowledge to come when we read the word. When you read the word, have a mind of expecting God to reveal to you the truth of what is literally speaking to you. And that is in a relationship. That is spending time with the Lord. That's not running uh, to and fro trying to get somebody else to tell you what they feel and what they think about the word. It's time for us to go and stay within the presence of God that we might understand what is going on around us. You can feel a many things. You can hear a many things. But we have to make sure that the word of God is our final authority. It is that final weapon that we use. We don't get lost in thoughts. But we get lost in the word of God that the word itself may speak. And when we begin to understand the movement of the enemy against us, when we begin to learn how and and know that he has nothing good to say to us, he has nothing good for us. If anything, he wants to destroy that which God has started within us. We have our old memories. We have our old pain. We have our old things that we've done that we're not, we're not happy about. And there's a thousand things out there that we can be ashamed. But I thank God for the new life. I thank God for his newness that he's given unto us that we don't have to be subject to our past. We don't have to be subject to the past. But we repent We turn and we begin to walk in the newness of life, walk in the newness of God with that expectation that the word will reveal itself. And as the word revealed itself, you literally can apply that word and that word literally brings forth new life, new life. That's how the spirit of God, that's what it does. It awakens on the inside of us and then new life begins to come forth. When we yield to the spirit, when we yield to the newness, when we yield to all that God is wanting to do. So when those thoughts do come, we take the word, we take the word and we use the word and we make sure, come on, let's do that tonight. Let's make sure that we don't allow people to become our enemies. That we don't allow people to become our enemy. Because I'm telling you, just as good as you move away from that person that's causing problems for you, if knowing that it's the enemy, he's just going to stand up in someone else. We can try to get rid of people. We can try to get people out of our lives. We can say, no longer will I bother with this person and no longer will I bother with that person. But I'm telling you, all the enemy is going to do is show up in another person. Sometimes God used people as training grounds for us. He'll use that same person as a training ground that you can literally build strength. As you begin to declare the word over a situation, you begin to build strength as you see that word work for you. But there's sometimes in every situation, we're not supposed to run. Sometimes we're supposed to stand and use the word of God. Use the word of God, but knowing that the weapons that the weapons that are being coming forth against you is not of that man, but it's of the enemy. And sometimes it's the enemy of your flesh. It's your flesh itself. 
that's coming against you. It's your thoughts itself that's coming against you. Sometimes we got to check ourselves. Sometimes we got to wonder, see what, pay attention to what we're thinking about. Pay attention to what you allowing to go into in your mind and, and, and try to settle itself there that literally it can become your concentration. It can become that very thought that you think about all day long. Pay attention to what is trying to set itself up in you because a lot of times strong uh, uh, thoughts can become strongholds. We got to know that the word of God is truth. The word of God is a fact. The word of God is everything. So when something steps to you and acts as if it's greater than the word of God, you got to know that the devil is a liar and the word is too, because there's nothing greater than the word itself is nothing greater than God's word itself. So we got to know how powerful the word is. The enemy is literally trying to torment our minds. We say we have peace. We say we have joy. We say that God has healed us. We say that God has delivered us. And then here comes the enemy trying to remind us of our past, trying to remind us of what we went through, trying to remind us of what we, uh, uh, what, what happened yesterday to the point where when he reminds us, it seemed like it just happened today. But we got to, we got to take the word of God and we got to exalt that word above all things and literally capture the thoughts that come that literally try to tear down the word, take that word and come and go against it. We got a, a weapon to battle with and we battle in the spirit. We battle in the spirit. We don't battle alone. We battle with the spirit. We battle with the Holy Spirit. It is God's will that for you to be free. It is God's will for you to be delivered and set free. It is his will. So when we begin to pray for the will of God to be done in our lives, it is his will that you be free. But even in the training grounds, even when God is training us and, and teaching us how to do war, we can't get upset. We can't murmur and grumble because God said, guess what? I'm not going to put no more on you than what you're able to bear. I've given you for every battle that we go through. He's literally giving you the weapons to use. We're not wanting to take that time to exercise the gifts, exercise the weapon. You got to be able to take that word and use that word. Use that word and will that word. Know that word will stand sure. No, nothing can tear that word down. God's word is sure. God's word is sure. My God, the battle of the, the battles of spiritual warfare are intent are intense when a person decides to accept Jesus as their savior. Pray along with these words. Pray along, pray along with the word of God and let God's word break forth. Let God's word cause a breakthrough. God's word will break through every time, especially when you pray that word in faith. And when I say pray that word in faith, you're praying that word, believing it. You're praying that word, believing that word, trusting that word. So when I declare that word, I'm not declaring it as if um, I'm just, I know it's the word of God, but you got to begin to spend time with the word that when you do open your mouth, you're speaking that word with confidence. Don't just get God's word and then be afraid to use it or speak it in fear. 
but speak it knowing that it's come to you as a weapon. It's come to you as a powerful source. The word of God, the promises of God has come to us as a powerful source. It's our new life. It's our new beginning. It's the newness in Christ Jesus. To see the greatness of God, to see the work of the Lord, to see it, come on, and to see it is saying it. We're going to begin to say those words because that same word will guard our heart. That same word will guard our mind through Christ Jesus. We're no longer walking in the fear of what man might do to us, but we're walking in the strength of our faith. We're walking knowing that God has forgiven me, walking and knowing that God has freed me, no walking and knowing that God has given me his power. God has given me his authority that I can be free, knowing that God has literally delivered me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rise against me. I condemn it in the name of Jesus, for I know the name of Jesus is a strong tower. And the righteous run in and they are saved. When we know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, we begin to run into the name of the Lord. And this saying the name of the Lord, it causes salvation to happen in your life. It causes change to happen in your life. When you begin to call upon, when you begin to declare the name of the Lord, that part right there. Declaring the name of the Lord, knowing that it will literally quench every fiery dart. And a lot of times we sit and we, we don't know how to pray. We don't know the right words to say. But I'm telling you, within the name of Jesus, there is salvation. In the name of Jesus, there is salvation. When you begin to cry unto the Lord, he hears our cry. He hears the very sound of our cry. And the very sound of our cry is, God, I know that you're more than able. Lord, I know that you are my protector. Lord, I know you take care of me. Lord, see, when we call the name of Jesus, we're calling it knowing without a shadow of a doubt. If our God is for us, then who can be against us? We call upon the name of the Lord just like that, knowing if my God is for me, who can be against me and there are winds there are uh, 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 there's a times that happen in our lives that it seem as if it's greater than anything that could have ever happened to me before but we got to fall back into the arms of God. We got to fall back into the place of trusting in God and not looking at what's going on but knowing what God is doing and knowing what God has done and then Ask for the word of the Lord. Lord, give me the words to speak that I may have peace. Give me the words to speak that I may have of that security in you. Give me the words to speak that I'm no longer lost in this thought, but literally I'm coming out and I'm coming out clean. Allow your word to break through for me. I declare tonight that God's word is breaking through for us. God's word is breaking through for us where the enemy thinks he's winning. But because my faith is established in the word, because I believe in the word of God, he cannot win. 
He cannot win. And the only way possibly that he can think he's winning is because I'm not opening up my mouth and speaking the word. We got to spend time with Holy Spirit for he is the living word of God. He is the mind of God. And when we spend time worshiping, when we spend time talking to the Lord, it builds our confidence. It builds our confidence. So when the enemy comes with all kinds of thoughts, you're not going to make it. This isn't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. You just wait and see when he comes in your life, predicting your life, trying to predict your next move, trying to predict what's going to be happening in your life. You need to come and tell him, get into that word and show him what God says is. Come on, what God says is, and the word of God is truth. The word of God is your truth. It is a strong tower. It is a refuge. It is a fortress. And when we get in that word, when we hide within that word, Psalms 91, when we hide within that word, because there's times when we're tired. <laughs> there's times when we are tired. But he's, he tells us to come. He who dwells in the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place. My God, you know, there's, there's so many thoughts that's just running right about now in this season. And in this time, there's so many things that's going on. We got to lock our brains, lock our minds down in the word. So we're not tossed to and fro with every thought and every wind that comes. We're not tossed to and fro, but we're believing in the word at all times. We're believing in the word at all times. We can't be a part-time uh, lover of the word of God. We got to be a full-time lover of the word of God in order for the word to work. Because when you become a full-time lover of the word, the word is true to you. The word is a fact to you. So when something presents itself, it almost make you mad that you actually stepped to me to make it to, uh, uh, to act as if you're greater than he that is in me. You see, when you take those thoughts captive, you make them become subject to the one that's inside of you. Holy Spirit is there and there's nothing greater than our God. There's nothing greater than the power of our God. So when you take those thoughts captive, when it begins to tell you how bad this is and how low this is and, and I don't know why you put up with this and I don't know why you put up with that. Come on, we got to let the enemy know I stand on the word. And I stand in awe of the word, knowing that the word will conquer all things. The word of God conquers all things. It always win. The word of God always win. But we got to release our faith there. We got to release our trust there. We got to release our hope there. We got to get in the word and hope in that and only that. We can't allow nothing to come in and change that which what we and change that what we believe and what God has spoken to us. He's given us his word. He's given us his strength, my God. And when we talk about even the strength, we're saying God has given us the strength of that word. That's why I say there's power in the word of God. There's life in the word of God and God has literally given us not just the word, but he's given you the power of that word. He's giving you the power of that word. He's giving you the security of that word where it says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
no matter what's happening in your life, you can stand on that word with all your might. You can stand and don't even be shaken in that place. God said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you because it is his delight. He rejoices over us. He created us. He rejoices over us. My God, he said we were saved for good works, not by works. We were saved for good work. God has literally saved and delivered us for good works. That we can live a good life. That we can see good things and not walk in fear of things. But knowing that he's created us to be works of good works. Workers of good works. We get lost in God. We get lost in him knowing that he is our provider. That we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. But getting lost in the word of God. Mm. Getting lost in the word of God is actually finding that new place in God. Getting lost in the word is finding the new place in God. No longer do I walk according to the lust of my flesh, but I walk according to the leadership of Holy Spirit, my new life, my new joy, my new peace, my new beginning. Come on, let us not end our lives. Let us not stop dreaming. Let us not, uh, 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 let us not stop hoping, but let us continue to dream big. Let us begin to continue to hope big. Come on, when the Lord says everlasting, when he says eternity, we should never give up hope. We should always walk with hope. We should always walk knowing that God has prepared a place for me. In every situation, there is a prepared place for me. In everything that I'm going through, there's a prepared place for me. Hallelujah. There's a prepared place for me. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word is true. Your word is a light unto our path, O oh God. And we just thank you tonight for your word, O oh God, is the weapon of our warfare. It is the weapon of our minds where we can literally use the word and receive the freedom in the word. Receiving your freedom tonight. We receive your freedom where we don't have to give up hope. We don't have to give in. But we stand sure. We stand in faith. We stand in you. Hallelujah. Come on, let us uh, find that one that we can get with and pray. Find that one that stands in faith. Find that one that believes like you believe and literally stand in agreement. Stand in that place where God said it is true. Stand on one accord. Find that one will stand on one accord with you in prayer, in faith, in the word of God. This walk was never meant to be walked alone. But walk knowing that we together, we win. We win. Staying together. That's why it talks about the body. The body of Christ. Staying together, we win. But when we separate ourselves and try to walk this thing by ourselves, we run into situations that's almost too much for us. But when you have that one that will stand in agreement with you, that will stand in faith with you, 
that will do battle with you. Knowing that they believe God's word just like you believe God's word. Oh my God, the enemy can't stand against you. He can't win. He can't win. So let us not stand alone tonight. Let us begin to get, find that prayer partners. Let partner, let us stay in prayer. Let us stay focused in the word of God. Let us stay focused that we might be a good discerners of spirit. Knowing what that weapon is, knowing what the enemy is trying to form against us, knowing. Come on. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We are not ignorant of his devices, but God has literally given us his wisdom and discerning of spirits to know what you're dealing with and knowing how to get rid of it. Huh? Come on. Stay in the word that you might master the skill, that you might master the skill of how to wield the sword of the word. Wield the sword of the word in confidence, in courage, in faith. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Tonight, hallelujah, I just believe this is a scripture to be tackled, to be tackled in us. Hallelujah, Romans 7. Romans 7, um, also 1 through 8, and then we'll go to our 13th verse. And the 24th, and we'll also be moving through the scriptures, studying um, other scriptures as well. And I will call them out so you can write them down and follow in the word because we want the word to cause the change to take place in us because we know it's the washing of the word in our hearts and in our mind that literally calls the renewing. It's the washing of the word. So as we read the word, we declare that this word will literally cause a change in our hearts as we begin to hear. Hallelujah. Romans 8. And let's do the one through eight. And I have known to stop and talk as I read scripture. So work with me tonight. Stay with me tonight. Romans seven and one. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, let know, know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. We have become dead to the law. Hallelujah. Because of the law being, uh, uh, it died in Christ. It died in the body of Jesus Christ. And now we live through Christ. Now we live through Christ. So no longer are we married to the law of sin and death, but we're law to, we're married to the body of Christ where there's life and freedom in the Holy Ghost, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. 
I heard a man say today that while we were married, married to the law, married to sin, married to this flesh, being obedient to this body, being obedient, and I'm talking about the law of sin, and sin represents the flesh because that's where sin lies. It lies in our flesh. And once upon a time, we were subject to that body. We were subject to its rules. We were subject to its desires and we obeyed it. We had no other choice but to obey it because that was the law that we, that was given unto us. But in that we were born, I mean, married to that law, we gave birth to sin. We gave birth to fruit that wasn't good. It was literally dead. It was dead works. Uh, they, he talked about um, married, a man and a woman giving birth to a child that is literally born to death, born to die, meaning that there's no life in it because of the flesh being the way it is. There's nothing good in it. So it's almost like it was a curse for a child to even be born because it was born only to die. And that was just to think like that, that there, your works, your everything you produced before you received Christ was dead works. There was no honor in it. There was no glory in it in what you did. It was literally dead, but we, we weren't born to produce dead works. We weren't born to produce dead things. We were born to produce fruitful, great things, awesome things that were literally born of God. But because we were married to the law of sin and death, we produced death. That's all that came out of us. So Christ came that what? That we may have life and have that life more abundantly. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law. That being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank God. We talked about him. Uh, the Holy Spirit is spirit of truth. We talked about him last week. He is our new life. He is this new spirit that we walk and live accordingly. We just thank God for that new spirit. But yet and still, we're still in this body. We're subject to stuff. We're subject to running into what? Things that we should not do. Well, so when you look at this body and when you're living subjected to this body, sometimes I think that's what the, why we look the way we look sometimes, why we dress the way we dress sometimes, the way we act sometimes. You know, when you think about your flesh acting out, your flesh telling you what to do, your flesh driving you, somebody done got on your last nerve, but no longer, you're not listening to the spirit of God, but you're listening to the driving of this flesh. This flesh is trying to push you into a place of sin. That's where sin lies. It lies within the body. So when we think about sin, think about your body. There's no good thing in your body. There's no good thing in your flesh. It doesn't even want to do right. The flesh don't want to do right. Why? Because the God of this flesh is the enemy. So, and even when you think about Adam and Eve, when you go back to the point when they begin to submit to the will of their flesh, to the desires of their flesh, because we'll look and we'll see where the, the snake was there, deceived her. Come on. Adam broke the rule, but yet in Still, but because they listened to the desires of their flesh. So that tree was not uh, something that they did not desire. It was something that they did. 
desire. That's the thing about sin. Sin is something that we desire. A lot of times we'll say, I don't want to do this, but it's something that you used to do. If, if the law didn't come, if God didn't begin to tell us about uh, of the sin that was in this body, if the law wasn't created to help us understand this sin, this life that y'all living right now, these things that y'all are doing, it's in your flesh. Ain't nobody making you do this but you. These are desires that you're looking at. These are desires that you're honoring. These are desires that you're obeying. And I'm like the desires of the flesh. And the first thing we, we want to complain, we want to fuss, but a lot of the temptations and the sins that are brought are brought because of us. We can't really blame anybody about things that are going on in our lives. We can only blame ourselves because sometimes we allow ourselves to get in places that we have no business being because we're what we're believing, we're walking uh, uh, under the flesh, under the leadership of the flesh, and there's no good thing in it. I don't care even if you do something good, you can't honor the flesh. You can't honor that thing because it's full of sin and it has no desire to do what's right. None. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet, but sin taken occasion by the commandment, wroth in me a manner of conspicuous, for without the law, sin was dead. Meaning that nobody didn't tell me it was wrong. I didn't, I didn't know it was wrong. But now that you know it's wrong, it has become a law to you. It's become a truth to you. But a lot of times we don't want to know truth. And that's, it's like it's time for us to really start taking uh, uh, what they call it, taking inventory of our minds, our thoughts and where we're going. Because, you know, and I think about the speed limit because I got issues when it comes to driving cars. I like to drive fast. I really like driving fast. But there's a speed limit out there that tells me that the speed limit is 70, but I tend to head up to 75 or 80. What is it about the law? What is it about sin? What is it about it that when somebody tells you not to do something, you want to do it? What is it that, why is it that we challenge everything that is true why do we push back against everything that is true when god says thou shalt not do this next thing you know you want to do it why is it that we want to do it why is it that we want to go and it's almost like nobody tells me what to do i got my own free will to do what i want to do but we're finding that that free will will lead you into sin. It will lead you into a place where you know not of. You didn't even ask to go as far as you went. But that's what sin does. Sin takes us too far. Sin takes us out there. Our flesh will get us to the point. We'll be, we'll be so far out there we can't get back. We'll need salvation. And thank you, Lord, for your saving uh, anointing. We thank God for saving our lives because living and obeying this flesh, it gets us in trouble. It gets us in trouble. And even being a uh, uh, born again of, of Christ, it was still in the body. So every now and then the body still want to try to act up and want to speak. But we have to literally follow the will of God, follow the word of God in order to stay in that place. Hallelujah. For I was alive without the law once. But when, when the commandments came, sin revived and I died. Mm. 
sin revived and I died and the commandments which was ordained to life I found unto death for sin taken occasion by the commandments deceived me and by it slew me come on now when we walk according to this flesh there's no great ending in it there's only death in the end of this of us obeying the body there's no good works and even when you think about the works of the flesh when you think about uh, acting out fornication, adultery, covetousness, idolatry, uh, 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 rivalry, when you think about all the works of the flesh, come on, let us check ourselves and see if we're walking in that place where no longer are we walking according to the will of God or are we walking unto the will of our flesh? Who are we serving? Who are we being obedient to? Because some of us, we love to praise the Lord, but we love to act out in our flesh at the same time. And I just believe, I believe God loves us and he protects us. But the thing is, there's a law in the land called reaping what you sow. It can be good and it can be bad. Everything that you do in this body, you are going to give an account. So when you allow this body to rule you, when you allow this body to drive you, everything that you do in this body, you're going to give an account. And no one wants to be given account to this body because we know some of the things that we've done. But being driven by this body, it leads to death. Wherefore, if the law is holy and the commandments holy and just and good. But what is it about the commandments? They come against our will. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Know that your body, your flesh, do not desire to do what somebody usually tell it to do. It wants to do what it wants to do. I got my rights. We claim our rights. I got a right to do whatever I want to do. But as soon as you create a rule, as soon as you create a law, what do we say? Laws are created to be broken. Rules are created to be broken. Why? Because I'm who I am. I'm a free man. I can do what I want to do. But you're going to have to obey somebody. You're going to have to obey somebody today. Hallelujah. The 3713 says, and when thou... And then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me that, that we might understand, that we might know what, what our bodies are, are creating for us. Look here, the law was created that you might see. I'm just showing you what you doing. I'm not making you do anything. I'm showing you what you're already doing. And it'll be a good idea if you didn't do it anymore. But then the first thing we say is I can do what I want to do. I'm not trying to create something to bind you up, lock you down. I'm trying to help you out. It's not that uh, because I create that the law was created that you sin. You was already sinning. You just didn't know what we didn't know. Uh, you know, we didn't know it was sin. But now that you found out that it's wrong, you don't want to stop doing it. And it's guess what? That's OK. But that's why Christ came to help you understand you don't have to be trapped anymore you can be free you can go back to the place where it was always the spirit was supposed to always lead the body the spirit was always supposed to be the leader in this life no the flesh was never supposed to speak to the point it made you do a thing it was always supposed to be the spirit 
that literally the spirit that was connected to God helped us walk in this life with new understanding. Well, shouldn't say new in the beginning. That's the way it was supposed to be. But because of the fall of man, because of sin, because of the flesh being uh, wanting to talk and do what it wanted to do. Now. We're subject to it. Now we're born in sin and shaped up in iniquity. Why? Because we're born up in this same body where sin began. So we came in this body where it was already built wrong. It was already doing wrong. So we're, we were in this body and we begin to practice this whole lifestyle of living in the flesh. But because of Christ coming, coming to give us new life, giving us understanding. And when you begin to seek to know the truth about your flesh, to know the truth of what's in your flesh, you might want to try to do better. And knowing that God has literally given us something, and I'm, and I'm talking to more or less a Christian that is wanting to be saved, wanting to walk with the Lord, not saying an unbeliever, because an unbeliever will, won't believe even what we're talking about today. They're not even desiring to believe the truth of the law, truth of the spirit. They're not even desiring it. So that, that's that. But when it comes to us saying that I want to be saved, I want to be delivered and I want to be set free. I want to live the life that Christ has always that he has come to bring to me. It's saying that now my will is submitted to God. It's saying that my mind is submitted to God. My will is submitted to God. No longer am I trying to think for myself, but I'm being led by the spirit of God. No longer am I seeking from within myself because I'm telling you, this body got memories. This body has thoughts in it and it can help you out in some situations that won't lead to good things, that won't lead to good things. But to know that there's nothing good in the flesh, we got to seek God. And we got to seek him, seek him with all our might. That 13th verse again says, uh, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. That which was made good. That which was made good made death unto me. When you're talking about what was made good that was made death unto me. When you think about the law itself. The law is not bad. The law is good. The law is good, but yet and still they talk about the law actually makes me sin more. Why? Because we have a rebellious nature. Within this same flesh, there's a rebellious nature. The law came not for our bad, not to control, but to help us. But we rebelled. Our flesh rebelled against the law. It rebelled against the truth. It rebelled and it still rebels today. It still creates other rules. It still creates other ways that I can continue to do what I want to do. We don't want to say I can continue in sin. We just say I can continue to do what I want to do and knowing what you're doing ain't right. It's not right. Not in the sight of God, but you want God to literally be good with what you do when he's made a way that you don't have to continue to do what you do but the law was not created to to make uh to create death in us but yeah it, it it came to create more death more or less that stop doing it it came to help us understand stop sinning stop covering it another man's stuff stop going after stealing stop stealing people's stuff stop lying stop stop come on but the thing was, we couldn't stop. That's just what our nature was. That's what our nature is, I should say. Our nature is to do all of that. 
It's like it, we're just rebellious. We're rebellious people, and the only person that's going to save our lives is Jesus. There's nothing you can do about this rebellious nature that's in this flesh other than to allow the Spirit of God to direct you. So the law is not bad. The law is good, but then it says it made death unto me. God forbid, but sin did, that it, that it might appear sin, that you might know what sin is, that you might understand. Don't do that. You know, because God wants to be a father to us. So a lot of times, but we, we do have to admit today, we do have to admit today that we are rebellious people. We have to admit that. We have to admit it, that rebellion is in this flesh. We are just built to rebel. That's why when kids are born, we bet I ain't nobody even showed them this. Nobody showed them that. And my child doing it because he built to rebel. He's just built that. So you, if you don't catch them when they're small, you will be sorry because those little kids are built to rebel. They, when you pop their little hands and then they quick to pop you back. That's the, that little child showing you I'm waking up in my body. Why did you do that? You shouldn't have did that. You shouldn't have hit me. Oh, no, no, no. You see, you got to teach a child You that they might learn because I'm telling you, they're built to rebel. In this body, this body, children are built, what's a born, that fruit right there is born unto death. Not saying the child ain't no good, she bad, that's a bad child. But no, if you don't teach it something better, then it will grow up on its own. It'll grow up in its own nature. It'll grow up in doing what it wants to do. It'll begin to act out what? Somebody in your generation, you don't even know. It'll begin to act out some of their ways because that flesh is already built up. That flesh don't grow with them babies. That, body, that baby grow with that flesh if you don't teach it. That baby will grow doing what that flesh wants to do. If it want to go over there and, and, and turn something over, we don't understand why these kids do some of the stuff they do. They talk about all these different babies born, <laughs> born today and some of the wildest things that they're doing. It's in the flesh. You don't begin to train your child up in the way that it should go. It's going to rebel. It's going to go all the way, all the way left, all the way left. But we got to get with these children. We got to begin to teach them about what's true, what's right, and then teach in love. But it still don't stop. Some will still rebel. Some will still do what they want to do because that's just what's in them. If they're, if they're walking according to that flesh, they're going to live according to that flesh. And what? It keeps the mom and daddies on their knees. It keeps us on our knees. We're praying. We're praying that they make it through and see the truth. We're praying that they, they know why thou shall not. Why not to go? Don't go play in the road. You can get hit by a car. Don't go over here. I'm, I'm not telling you all these. I'm not creating these rules so you can live and be happy. I'm trying to save your life. The law was built because God said, I'm trying to save your lives. Oh, we can do it. We, we got it. Just, just tell us what we're supposed to do, and we can do it, and then we'll listen to what Moses got to say. So it was, they had no intentions of trying to find the real way that God had planned for their lives to be. They wanted to do what they wanted to do, and we're still doing it today. We're still doing it as Christians. We're still living that life that we want to live and making up excuses. We should get to the point where we hate excuses and we just do what is asked. Do what you're told. Just know that it's something good. It's something good. God come, came to give us life and life more abundantly. But you can't live that abundant life and still be living according to your flesh. 
I mean, even when you think about eating, some stuff you shouldn't even eat, some of the sweets. Some of us, we just got to give it up with it say moderation. You can have it in my, some of us don't even need moderation. We need to just cut it. Just cut it to the quick. Don't even be bothered with it no more because it'll always be that temptation in you. But when you get to the place where you just give it up and get it out your life, your flesh will, you'll find where your flesh won't hunger for it no more because you're not giving it to it. You become the boss again because I'm telling you, this flesh will literally lead you to death. That a dead works where you're continuous to do this, you're continuous to do the uh, things that literally goes against the body, and then we're wondering why we're in these situations that we're in because we're not treating the body right. We're not doing what the body uh, what the body needs. We're operating outside of the will of this body. This body has to be taken care of. But if you listen to it. It ain't going to function as if I'm sick. Don't give me that cake. Do I can't eat that cake because, you know, my sugar. No, I want that cake. That's what your body going to say. Your spirit may be telling you back away from that. But your body, huh, we got to have this cake. It's moderation, child. I won't eat no more cake. You're not going to wear. You're going to eat some more of that cake. If you know your body, come on, let's just think about it. If our bodies are just built to rebel and do what we want to do, and a lot of times what we do is it goes against truth. Look at it. You, that's why it's time for us to start uh, uh, living the life of Christ that no longer do, are we being led by uh, uh, something that's trying to destroy us. <laughs> we think about it. Hallelujah. Think about it. The 14th verse. So we know that the law is spiritual. But I'm carnal, soul under sin for that which I do. I allow not for what I would that do I not, but what I hate that I do. If then I do that, which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then is it no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Ain't nothing good in the flesh. That's why a lot of times when we look into the flesh to find something, there's nothing good in there for you to tag hold to. I'm telling you, this flesh has been here a lot longer than you have. This body has been here a lot longer. This body you're dwelling in. Come on now. You, your mom and your daddy. How old your mom and daddy? How old their mom and daddy? How old their mom and daddy? This flesh has been here a lot longer than we have. So now that we're in this body, there's a lot of works that's been done. You've got people that have murdered, they've killed, they've lied, they've stole. Come on. And when you think about the sins of man and you think about all the different things, adultery, come on, fornication. Think about all the things that a man could possibly do. You just was put in that body. So when you look at the gay man or the this man or that man, come on, back away. Because that same sin, that same transgression is in your flesh. Judge not. Back away. We don't want to be subject to be judged. Everybody got their own battle to fight. Everybody's in a body that they can't even understand. They don't know why they desire to do some of the things. They don't understand, but I'm telling you, because of Christ, because of the death of Christ, understanding has come. But because we choose to rebel, because we choose to not want to know the truth of this body, 
we make excuses of why we do some of the things. We we talk about why we do some of the things. Come on, you built to do some of this ugly stuff. There's no surprise that what comes out of man, it has always come out of the man. We're not doing anything new. It's just blowing our minds because it's right next door. You, you see the news all day. People doing silly stuff all day because they're doing what their flesh desires to do. Sometimes when, the, when, the, uh, uh, when it comes to just forgiving a man, we can't even forgive. Why? Because you hurt me. All I can think about is you hurt me. You, all in your flesh. You hurt my feelings. You disrespected me. You move. All we're thinking about is ourselves. And I'm still talking about within the body of Christ. This is the kind of stuff that we don't realize why he said we got to die. Why we must be born again. Because if you don't, if you don't allow yourself to die the death of Christ, you're going to always live in, and walk in the works of this flesh and live the life of man. And it's death. It's death. But there's no good thing in it. But he says how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, is it no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me? So when we say sin that dwelleth in me, look at your flesh. The sin that dwelleth in you is your flesh. That's where the sin lies. It lies within your flesh. That's why we get tripped up every now and then. He say, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. What evil? We want to say the devil. We want to say the devil is that evil that is present. No, it's that body. It's that body that's present with you and you ain't going to get away from it. You're not going to get away from that body. You're in it. He says, I find. He said, when I wanted to do what's right, that I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Come on, that's that new man. I delight in doing what's good. I delight in serving the Lord. I delight in praising the Lord. I delight in it. It's my desire. It's what I want to do. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the, the law of sin, which is in my members. You see, we, we worry about everything else, but you see what's going on in this body? If we can get this house right, everything will flow right. If we can get our members right, everything will flow right. But we got to know tonight that this body, this, this flesh, the sin in it, it's alive and well. And if you're honoring it, you're making sure it stays alive and well. But our inward man, we're wanting to see this. And I believe that's, that's the heart of where David was. His inward man desired and loved the law of God. I believe that's where he was. But yet and still, there was a law in his flesh of sin. And he found he fell short. But see, that's where Christ comes in. That's why this is a moment in life, a moment in time that the church should be celebrating because we've been given something that literally condemns that which is the flesh. It literally breaks it down. It cannot rule me. It can't control me anymore. Why? Because I'm no longer subject, subject to it. 
on that 24th verse, it says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So the law of sin is where? In this flesh. It's in this body. So we got to know that God has literally sent Christ that he might become the change that we might need. He's the change. He's that deliverance that we need, that we listen to. No longer, I'm not, uh, I'm not condemned by it because I know it's there. I'm not finna allow somebody to, you know, to keep trying to control me when I know you're there and I already got power to stop you from trying to control me. I'm not going to let you continue to move in my life that way. We got to get to the point where we stop the flesh from trying to tell us what to do, but we begin to live according to the will of the spirit. Romans 6, 21 says, what fruit have ye then in those things whereof ye are not ashamed? The end of those things is death, meaning you remember what the sin, the uncleanness, uh, the things that we do, slave, being a slave to righteousness and not a slave to sin. But when it talks about the sins of the flesh, for uh, going back up to that, uh, let's go back to the 19th verse where it says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanliness and to iniquities unto iniquities, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So it's in the yielding. That's where uh, we have to become submitted to God. We got to come become submitted to the way that God is trying to direct us today and, and not still be living according to this flesh. But it says, yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are not now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your, ye have your fruits unto holiness and in everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Amen. So we know no longer yield in our members. And when you think about yielding your members, that means that you're giving yourself over. Come on, let's take responsibility in what's going on in life and, and not blame uh, somebody else's. Let's get rid of the excuses. Let's get rid of all excuses and begin to live according to the spirit. So if anything pop off, I'm doing what the Lord say. I'm living according to, to the will of God, not my will, but his will be done in my life. That's my desire. And when you begin to declare that every day, that your will is to follow the will of God, your will is to follow the word of God. When you're quoting this and declaring this daily, this become a habit for you. This become a place where you'll see change begin to take place in your life now because you're being subject to the spirit of God. And you're making your declarations known that no longer will I walk in this flesh, but I will walk in Christ. And it's like not a, and then what I just felt was like competition where you look at another man and say, I'm walking, I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But God has not called us to compete against another, nor compete against ourselves. He say, just live. 
Just live and do what you do what's right. Listen to the spirit. Follow the leading of the spirit. Don't try to weigh out, well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. No, just keep moving. Keep moving and keep declaring that I am the righteousness of God. You begin to declare something so long that you become that thing. And that is the will of faith. That is the will of God that we continue to walk in God's way. Learn what God is, spoken, is speaking. Learn the, the, uh, the, the sound of the spirit. Listen to God's voice, understand what he's saying and his direction, and then literally begin to declare those things. That's how we become overcomers, through the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Jesus has already shed the blood. What is your testimony tonight? What are you saying tonight about yourself? What are you saying about your relationship with God? What are you saying when it comes to the sin in your flesh? What are you doing? Are we alive in Christ tonight? Are we alive in Christ tonight? Uh, Colossians 2, and I'll stop right in, that, in this scripture tonight. Colossians 2. And I want to start at that first verse. No, we're going to start at the 6. 6, 12. Colossians 2 and 6. As ye therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him. And, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, rooted and built up in him, alive in Christ. No longer are we walking according to this flesh, but we are alive in Christ, rooted and built up in him, established in faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiment of the world, and not after Christ works. Come on now. Trying to find everything but the word of God. We got to find, we got to get in the word, get in the word and find out what God is saying, not what somebody else is saying. I'm telling you, your way is not another man's way. God has a designed way just for us. And when we get out there and start searching in the world for ideas, when it comes to God, you're not going to find God's way in the world because the thing is about the world, the world itself is in a state of rebellion. That means the world want to do what it wants to do. It has its own system. It has its own way. God has his own system and he has his own way. You can't mix the two. You can't think that because you, you've learned this over here and learned that over there, that it's true. The world has its wisdom. God has his wisdom. But we can't allow the wisdom of this world to become the wisdom of God because what we're looking at, we may think it seems right to destroy that man when God said, no, mercy towards that man. We got If you're going to follow God, you have to follow God. You got to stay within the kingdom. We talked about it last week. You got to follow the Holy Spirit. You got to follow his way of doing things, God's way of doing things, which leads into righteousness. It leads into to God's way of doing things. And not only that, because of the law of the land, I'm telling you, because of the law of the land, seed time, harvest time, you're reaping what you sow. You are subject to trouble when you don't follow God's way because you're building up something. You're heaping up something, especially if is not of God because you're pulling from a whole nother vein you're pulling from a whole nother way and you're going to give an account for every pull you make 
You're going to give an account. So we got to make sure that we're wanting to dwell. We're wanting to stay. We're wanting to walk. And we're not desiring the traditions of man. It might have worked for you in that season. It might have worked for you in that time. But where God has me right now, I have to stay right here. Because I'm telling you, some of us got some stuff in our generation, in our flesh, that ain't in everybody's. I just believe that it's some ugly stuff that's in the flesh of my of my flesh. I just believe it's some ugly stuff because every now and then I can feel it. I can feel the weight of this thing when you allow yourself to get angry. He said, be angry, but sin not. I've gotten to the place of anger where, look at here, if you move again, you either going to be in the jailhouse or you're going to be dead. And some of us, we have to be so careful when we allow ourselves to get angry because when God says, be angry, but sin not, he's not telling you to get, that's not man's anger. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be disappointed. But don't allow yourself to go farther than that. When you allow yourself to go farther than that, you're actually being driven by something now. God said, forgive. God said, back away. God said, stop. Because sometimes we have to get our bearings because we get loose out there and it's everybody in trouble. Everybody's in trouble. So it's almost like when it comes to the ways of man and the ideas of man, it's almost a danger to me. I, it's a danger to me because I can't be subject to that stuff because something is driving every idea that man has. I'm talking about the, the human man. Every There's something driving it. It ain't nothing but the devil. It ain't nothing but your will or your flesh. That's the only thing that's driving it. And if you allow that thing to drive you, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be sitting in a corner feeling sorry for yourself because of what it had you do, what it made you do, and what you allowed it to do. But no longer we're going to allow the vain deceit, your philosophy, your way of doing things, your tradition, where your mama did it, where your daddy. You can't tell me nothing. Look, here, I'm in danger of my flesh, not yours. I'm in danger of mine. I need to figure out what's going on in here. I need to know what God has called me to do. I need to find out where God has, has me sitting in his place. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the God, Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and power. You see why we need Christ. You see why we need to dwell in him. You see why we need to be rooted and built up in him. Come on. He has the power to sit this flesh down. He has the power to stop this flesh from continuously talking and moving and controlling. Why? Because we're yielding our members unto him. We're living our, we're yielding our lives under him that he, not that I got the power in the, uh, of all the principalities and power, but he does. And because I'm subject to him and because I'm yielded to him, it's subject to him. That's your first, That's one of those things. You don't know me. That's the first thing you say. You don't know me. You don't, don't play with me. Yeah, yeah, that, okay. See where you at right now? We still on the same realm. But when you step back and allow the Holy Spirit to step up and make you sit down and let God's will be done, that's when the enemy has to stop. But as long as you still moving and grooving and, and knocking and pushing and carrying on, God's sitting back. God, you got this, huh? You got this. But until you get to the point where you done sat down, then we can talk about this. But knowing that we have the full, the Godhead bodily. Come on. We are in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So that means that the head of all principalities, he is the head of all principalities and powers. 
in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the putting off the body of sin of the, the body of the sins of the flesh by circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God whom has raised him from the dead in him we live in him we move. The believer's new relationship with sin. There is none. We don't have a relationship with sin. We have power over sin. Christ has given us power over sin, meaning he's given us knowledge. He's given us an ability. He's given us that authority, but we have to use it. We have to use that authority. Come on, and sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we want to act out. Sometimes we just want to do what we want to do. But when you know that Christ has already come and given you this ability, sometimes what, what are you doing? You're just being disobedient, really. You have the will. It's there. It said this, what it says, the, uh, the flesh is, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We no longer live according to the flesh. We no longer walk in the operation of the flesh, but we walk in the operation of the spirit. And that takes us slowing down. That takes us spending time with the Lord and his word. It takes us worshiping. It takes us getting to know who we are in him to know that we're not subject to what the enemy desires for us to do and keep us doing. How are we going to be a witness if we're still subject to this flesh? How can we tell anybody about the goodness of the Lord if we're still battling and fighting within ourselves? I'm not saying that we're not going to trip and fall, but somewhere along the way, some of the things that we used to do, we shouldn't always just keep doing. Some stuff you should just grow up. I'm, I'm finding that the older I get, it's some things that I don't desire to do no more. It ain't even a problem for me no more because I don't even desire it no more. I what, I don't know, I walked in the spirit long enough to know the truth about that situation. When you know the truth about a situation, when you know good and well, you get not the carrying on and all the different things we do. Think about all the things. I ain't got to name them. Think about all the things you do. You know exactly what that thing leads to. And then, then think about how many times you've operated in that same place and it's led that same place every time. It hasn't taken you any farther. It hasn't gotten you any richer. You're still sitting in that same spot. There's no building in a dead work. There's no greatness in a dead work. But we got to get to the place that we no longer walk in a dead place, but we walk with Christ in life, knowing that there's, there's more. There's more here for us to see and understand. But being that we're getting older now, come on, think about it. There's some stuff you shouldn't be doing anyway. I, I used to always say, I, and I'm not going to no club with my child, but if you go to the club with your child, that's your business. I'm saved. <laughs> I, I, I have no desire. I clubbed a long time. I hopped a long time. But after a while, you just get tired of clubbing and you get tired of hopping. I just don't understand. Somewhere along the way, especially when you got kids out there partying and hardying and going at it too. But now you want to be a part of your child's life. Somebody got to grow up. Somebody got to do a little bit something a little bit better. Just consider it one day. Consider doing something different than what your child. If your child's walking in the life that you used to live, you need to be on find another path. A path that creates something better for your child. You shouldn't be still out there doing what they're doing because they don't know no better, I would say. They don't know no better. 
But you shouldn't continue to walk in and don't know no better. You should be out doing something better that your child might see, that you might be a light for your child, and that your child can begin to walk in a better zone. Don't stay out there with it. It's just somebody got to do, do the change. And we found something out where it's the kid. The kid will actually pick up a new life. The kid will start wanting to serve the Lord. And the parent is still wandering around in the street like a child. We got to grow up. We got to know there's nothing good in this flesh and it will lead to destruction in your life. And then, oh, the sad part, when we see our kids acting out, you still acting out. Now your kid acting out. Now you want somebody to do something about your kid. You need to do something about you. Change you. And watch your kid. We got to be a witness, not only because when you think about salvation, even if not salvation, come on, change for your child's sake. Change for your children's sake. Do something different so your children can do something different. God is real. God is real. And we're subject to being rebellious in this body. And we got a thousand excuses on why we want to be continue in this rebellious place. When God says, just let go, let go of this place, let go of your way of doing, let go of the ideas and the things that you think about, let go and start believing in me, start walking with me, start walking in the order that I had for you. Even in the beginning, before Adam and Eve fell, the believers knew relationship with sin. There is none. There isn't a relationship with it. You're, it's no longer a, you're no longer subject to it. No, you're no longer being driven by it. But you're walking in the leadership of the spirit. You're walking alive in Christ. You're walking where you've literally died in Christ. You're walking where now you've been risen in his, his burial and his, his, his death and burial. And now his resurrected life. Now you're walking in that resurrected life to find that new path that you and your child... Your children might live in. Your children, your grandchildren, come on. Let's just mind our own business and stay in our own family. Let's try to raise our kids and our grandbabies. Let's, let's keep teaching them about the Lord, teaching them about God. That's how the Lord stays in a generation so long. Somebody starts talking about the Lord. Somebody wants to see a change take place in the family. My mama did this. My dad, it always happened. We always had this. We always, come on, let's start seeing some new paths taken in our lives. I just, I, I just thank God because uh, uh, my namesake, my Sanders, is, is not even my real name. I'm a Sykes. But because of something that happened within my grandfather's life in his family's line, they changed our name. That gave us a chance to do what? Create something new. Even gave us a new name. We can create something within that name. We can create a whole nother life in that name because now that life that we, that name we just got is now built up in Christ. Those Sanders children, they're born according to an elder Sanders. He wasn't always an elder Sanders. But all of the Sanders children are born unto that relationship that he had with God. So now we're subject to walk into that relationship. That's we don't know nothing about what happened in the past. We don't know where it came from. But if we continue to walk under the leadership in the direction that my granddad has given us, walking in God, in Christ, we're walking in a new way. We're walking in a blessed way where we shouldn't even be blessed, but we should be cursed. But because of the new way that God has given us, the family is blessed. 
We got to find out where, it, where God has positioned us and what it is that he wants us to do and where he wants to settle us in. Because you'll be blessed knowing that in Christ, in Christ is where the blessing lies, in him. So that, the, uh, let's say, that we might live and live more abundantly. Live in God's kingdom. Live in God's way of doing them where he is the ruler. He is the governor in this area. So we're living unto him. We're living unto God. We're, we're died. We died to the law. We died to the works of the flesh. And we've been released now to live in the life of Christ. We've been released in Christ that we might live. And no longer live subject to this flesh. But to know tonight that this flesh is rebellious. There's nothing good in it. So when you think about what I feel and how I feel, check yourself. Check yourself. Pray. Pray. Because you, you don't have to be subject to what you feel. Sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with you. It's something you sometimes you feel of the things around you. But we got to get to the place that we're no longer walking according to what we feel, but we declare what what it what what is not. We declare that it is, because it is is as simple as declaring and then walking in it and holding fast. It really is. I declare the peace of God rules in my heart. And when you find yourself just echoing in that over and over, everything that was talking before is talking no longer because you become the main thought. You become the main focus. I walk in the peace of God. I walk in the will of God. I walk in the healing of God. I walk. And when you begin to declare that and you get yourself fixed in that place, you start transforming the same area that you're standing in. Things start changing all around you because of what you say. Because of your testimony, because the words that come out of your mouth, they're words of truth. They're words from the spirit of truth. And they're not just your flesh crying, oh, please help me. No, no, no. Say what you want. Say what you need. God has given us his word that we can begin to walk in it and no longer be subject to this flesh.